Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let your kids be in the kitchen. You have to allow them in so they can be exposed and to see the process. My kids were able to ask questions. Mommy, what is that? I'm like, oh, baby, these are chia seeds. I'm like, oh, what does that taste like? And so I would let them taste it. Allowing them to try it on their own. They may not have liked it day one, but the more they saw me using it and the more they were in the kitchen, they would be like, let me taste it again or let me, you know, let me try this. Hey, hope all is well. This is episode 78 of the Brown Vegan Podcast, where I love to share strategies on how to start and keep going with the vegan lifestyle in a very practical way. And I also love to sprinkle in some wellness and vegan business because this is a lifestyle. It's much, much more than food. Be sure to come hang out with me on social media. I'm Brown Vegan everywhere, including YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Super excited to finally be back on YouTube. So check me out on YouTube. I am youtube.com slash brownvegan. I have a new video up this week. It's exciting. Finally got a video up. So yeah, I hope all is well. Thank you so much for hanging in there with me. This is, like I said, episode 78. And I have an interview for you today. I have Ambrielle on the show. We connected on Instagram, which is probably where I connect with most of the people that come on this show. And I love her story because she is not only a wife, but she's also a mother of four. So I wanted her to come on and share her experiences with transitioning with a family, which is is so close and so dear to me from the family perspective, because I can relate to so many of the ups and downs of trying to do this with a family. She's very open about what she did to get everyone on board as far as her husband and her four children. I like her perspective because she has really small children and she also has a teenage daughter. So getting both of those perspectives, hopefully it inspires other people to keep going with their own families. So all of the show notes and everything we mentioned on this episode can be found at brownvegan.com under episode 78 and also be sure to follow um Ambrielle on her instagram which is black underscore mama vegan and her website is also blackmamavegan.com she has recipes and tips on her website as well so yeah without further ado let's go ahead and jump right into Ambrielle's vegan story usually the main factor that I tell people is you know my family history and so none of my grandparents maternal and paternal lived past 61 And so that was kind of that can be kind of traumatizing when you're 15 years old and you lose all of your grandparents pretty much at once. And so just looking back on how I grew up and just, you know, you know, eating the food that I was eating. So everything was covered in gravy, um, eating fried foods. Um, However, to the other point of that, you know, what I tell my daughter is I was kind of fortunate, though, because even though I was eating, you know, fried this and smothered this, I did eat a lot of vegetables Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of fruit. So I was very grateful that I was exposed to eating lots of fruits and vegetables at an early age. Um, However, you know, everybody had high blood pressure. Everybody had high cholesterol. Everybody you know, on my dad's side, um, more specifically, my grandmother was like 5'8". So everybody's tall and big. And, you know, 
in my mind, that was kind of a norm. So that was, I would say that was kind of the basis of me wanting to become um, vegan. And then just life experiences when I, um, I had my daughter young. And so I was learning how to be a grown up and a mom at the same time. Yeah. Um, so once I grew up and got married and had my first son and just started to experience, you know, what breastfeeding was like for the first time and just being more natural. Um, so I've been on this journey for quite a while. So it was just all those different things that kind of mixed together between meeting different people and really starting to understand what I was putting in my body and what I was putting in my children and what I was giving them. So it's kind of a combination of all of those things. Yeah, it sounds like a snowball, like little things it happen. Yeah. yeah. So what year did you decide to become a vegan? Well, yeah, it was 2016, February 10th of 2016. Look at you. <laughs> I, know, I know. And I remember the day because it was the start of Lent. Okay. And every year our family, you know, tries to participate in Lent or, you know, the fasting time, you know, a church, they usually do, you know, the 40 day fast. And so we always sacrifice something. And so leading up to that point, I had um, been already starting to cut things out. And my last thing to give up was cheese. Yeah. Because cheese was my best friend. <laughs> That's what I always tell people. <laughs> uh, it was my best friend. So on February 10th, I was like, Lent starts, I'm giving up cheese. So basically at that point, because I had given up meat, fish, I had given up everything else. And so at, from that point, I went on my 40 days and I never looked back. It sounds like you were maybe, what, a, a pescatarian before? Or... Yes. Yeah, semi-pescatarian, vegetarian. Um, I had always, kind of like what I said before, because I, I, I ate meat growing up. But mm-hmm. I was so, I would prefer, if I had the choice between picking a veggie plate of sides and picking like something with meat, I would typically go with the veggie plate. I really loved eating sides and eating, you know, green beans and those types of things. So, um, yeah, I was pretty much doing that for a while before I before Lent came and I officially gave everything else up. Yeah. Where, where did you grow up? Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, OK. I know you live there now. I didn't realize you grew up there. The uh, was, yeah, because yeah, usually people, I don't know, what is that considered Midwest? I don't know. It's Midwest. <laughs> Midwest. Yes, I know, right? It's Midwest. Yeah, so because I was thinking when you were talking about how you grew up on a lot of vegetables, I feel like people um, in the South, they eat a lot of, like you said, smothered food, but they uh-huh. also eat a lot of vegetables too. That's why I was wondering where you grew up. Yeah. My grandparents are from the South, so, okay. so that yes, was they are from Kentucky, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee and all of that, so, and it was funny because it was a lot of fresh stuff, so like with my grandparents parents both on my mom's side and my dad's side you know I grew up I would you know pick the green beans and I would clean the green although I had the you know smothered this and smothered that like I was really fortunate to be able to sit at their feet and do those things and learn about it so it's always been instilled in me it just now is my main part of my diet exactly yeah (laughs) see the reason I wanted to know because it seems so familiar what you were saying my dad grew up on a farm and he was the same experience he did all of that and then the summers I would go down to the country and I would have to shell a piece and do all yes. of that stuff, too. And we'll be out picking watermelon. And yes. um, my dad still, you know, my parents live on land and he still does that. Mm-hmm. But it's just crazy. When you said it, I was like, that sounds so familiar. Did you grow up in the South? <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. Because I was like, wait a second. <laughs> no, I grew up in old crosswords of uh, America in Indiana. But yeah. <laughs> just had the grandparents who had those roots and who you know, just exposed me to that. Yeah. So that's good. And so the transition, when you finally decided 
during Lent, did you think going into this that this would be something that's like a permanent lifestyle change, or what is it? Was it just kind of like, okay, I'm just gonna do it for Lent and that's it? How did you feel going into you it? You know what? It's so crazy. I when I so anytime I start any type of journey or any type of task, I always try to picture when that task is done, what I'll what I'll be doing. Like I have this vision of can I do this or what will it be like? And so in my mind, I kind of played it out like is this something I can for real do? Like, can I really be without cheese? Because when I tell you like cheese was my best friend, I am so serious. Like eating it shredded out of the bag, cubed, sliced, like I ate cheese all the time. And so going into it, I was like, okay, 40 days, that'll be cool. And then maybe, you know, I won't eat it as much. Mm -hmm. Maybe, you know, I can still just eat a little bit, but not eat it as much. But when I saw the transformation in my body and just, how things operate. I was like, I, I just can't, like, I can't do this yeah. <laughs> to myself anymore. Yeah. When you realize I don't need this anymore. Did you, were you, are you one of those people that looked for cheese replacements or you just pretty much just didn't even think about it that way anymore? You just kind of moved on. So initially I did, um, because it was just myself. So I didn't really, I wasn't buying cheese and things at home. So I kind of took everybody through the 40 day process as well, but I wasn't as strict with them because I wanted just to kind of do it for myself. Yeah. But I still wanted to find something for them, like a shredded cheese, if we made macaroni or something like that. So I tried it at first, but they were all fail. (laughs) (laughs) All of the brands, everything. See, I had only tried Daya. Uh, that was the only one I tried. I know. It why is it? Why is it that the ones that, are, I mean, listen, let me not go in too hard on this brand, but why is it that the stuff that isn't as good as the most accessible ones? I just hate I that know. so much. Uh. It was awful. It was a fail. Everybody was looking at me like, I don't want to eat this. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I tried them and I tried follow your heart and we was like, we were like, Oh, okay, we can kind of do follow your heart shreds. And so, um, we kind of did it before myself. I was like, nah, I just, I I'm good. Like I just don't want to do it. And so there was a period of time though, cause nobody really liked it that I didn't buy it at all. And so over that summer, I was just like, we're just not going to buy cheese. We're just going to do, you know, I found out about nutritional yeast. I was like, we're just going to do some other things and just give up cheese and just try to start over again in the fall or something like that. Yeah. Like, let's just do without it. Yeah. Did they push you? Like, cause I, <laughs> from my own experience, when I tried to do something similar, my family was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you think so? <laughs> this isn't happening. So was there any like pushback from the kids? Cause I know your kids, you have the twins, your twins are what? Um, five, right? My twins. Yep. They're five and, then and a half. You have your yep. seven year old. Yeah. So yep. and then of course you have the teenagers. So I'm yes. just wondering like, how did that look? The pushback? Yeah. Well, the biggest push pushback were from the teenager, of course, because she was like, what are you what is this? Because at the time she's like 15. Mm-hmm. So she's like, what is happening? Like, I can't eat this and I can't eat that. And I can't. And I'm like, it's OK. You know, I'm still going to be able to do X, Y, Z. I found this replacement. I did this for the boys because they were young. You know, at the time, again, they were like three and a half and five ish, four. So it wasn't a huge deal for them. Uh-huh. Um, they were pretty heavy on fruits and vegetables. So it wasn't a huge transition for them to to give it up or not to have it. Because I already wasn't like buying cheese sticks. and I wasn't buying those things. So the most we were using, like I said, would be shredded cheese for macaroni or 
maybe a grilled cheese here and there, but for them, it wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah. And I noticed that when you use it, at least in my experience back then, follow your heart was the one that was like, okay, I could, like you said, mm-hmm. I could do this. Cause this one mm-hmm. wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do notice that I, I used to always tell people when I first started, I used to be like, okay, if you mix the cheese in, like you said, macaroni and cheese, if you mix it in, it's not too bad. It's when you try to like eat it out of a, a package, like you used yes. to do with like a dairy yes. cheese, that's when yes. it's an issue. It's like, oh no, I can't. Yep. You can't go into it like tasting nope. it. You have to look exactly. at it as a new experience. <laughs> that is exactly it. That is exactly it. When I would mix it in, I would add my my same seasonings, add this. It was like, they would be like, oh, mommy, this this is good. I'm like, oh, okay, good. Whew. Yeah. <laughs> But if you try to put it on like crackers or something, it's like, oh, Absolutely no, not. Absolutely not. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> but you did have an advantage with the babies, though, because mm-hmm. they came in. They're so young. And you said they were already open to fruits and vegetables anyway. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you definitely had an advantage. It was easier. That. And, you know, and I another I breastfed them. And so, again, Even I breastfed the twins. them. Oh, my gosh. You breastfed yes. Oh I breastfed gosh. the I breastfed the twins the longest because I knew they would be my last. Uh-huh. So I breastfed them until they were just right before they turned two. Wow. I did. I couldn't imagine. Like, I, I breastfed all my children, too, but it was one baby at a time. Yes. <laughs> just like, <"Man." laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no. And so then, you know, when you transition your baby from, you know, breast milk or starting to introduce complementary foods, I made all of their food. So, you know, they still, again, they had an advantage of they got to taste what green beans tasted like they got to have you know bananas and I didn't give them a lot of purees um I waited until they were actually able to kind of chomp their food and so they were able to pick up you know blueberries and put them in their mouth and so again it just you know it gave them kind of an advantage to to already be exposed to those things and feel their texture and see what they tasted like so I really you know didn't have the issue or pushback from them because they were kind of already used to eating eating whole foods. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. advice do you have for families who have children? And, and I love the the fact that you have both, you can tell us it's tips from both perspectives, like mm-hmm. the, the babies, and you can give us tips from the teenage perspective. Cause I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who probably struggle with that. What advice do you have starting with the babies? I know of course you expose them early, which is key, but yeah. what else do you think helped? Um, I would say that was the biggest thing. I started making smoothies for them when they were younger and going and putting in chia seeds and those types of things. So they, again, they got used to texture. They got used to seeing what I was putting in the smoothies. Um, and also what I tell families is let your kids be in the kitchen. You know, like my kitchen is my haven, right? Like my kitchen has to be clean for me to cook. Like it, I feel in my happy place when I'm in my kitchen. Mm-hmm. However, I do, you have to allow them in so they can be exposed and to see the process. Cause a lot of times I know when I was growing up, I had the, you know, the ability to see what my grandparents were doing. But when it was just me and my mom, like most times she was just cooking and I would just eat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for a because lot of, she was probably busy and it was like, let me get busy. in the kitchen, get this yep. food made to get you and situated just, for the next day. Yep, I yep, get that. Yep. yep, and I feel like that's a lot of families. Like, let me just cook, let me just be, let me just get this done so I can put it on the plate and you can eat. But I would say when you find, when you have the time, or, I, or should I say make the time, make the time to let your kids come in the kitchen and see what you're doing. And so my kids were able to ask questions. Mommy, what is that? I'm like, oh, baby, these are chia seeds. I'm like, oh, what does that taste like? And so I would let them taste it. You know, mommy, what is that? Oh, it's pumpkin seeds. What does that taste like? Oh, here you go. And so allowing them to try it on their own and understand what it tasted like was important. They may not have liked it day one, but the more they saw me using it and the more they were in the kitchen, 
they will be like, let me taste it again or let me, you know, let me try this. Um, I know I posted one of the posts on my Instagram with my um, baby B because I call the twins by their by their <laughs> baby A or baby B. But, <laughs> you know, I use pumpkin seeds as an example because I would put them on my oatmeal or put them on my granola. And he'd be like, mommy, what is that? And so he tasted one one time. He was like, oh, mommy, those are good. And so now every time I make oatmeal for him, he puts pumpkin seeds on his oatmeal. And I don't even have to. He does it himself. I don't even have to ask. He goes in the pantry. He gets the jar. He opens it. and He puts pumpkin seeds on his oatmeal. And it's like, I didn't know anything about putting pumpkin seeds on my oatmeal when I was younger. But it's just the advantage of giving him the exposure to it and allowing him to grow into it for himself. Because mm -hmm. I, I know for myself, because <laughs> my middle son was my, he's not a picky eater anymore, but he used to be my mm -hmm. picky eater and the only way that I was able to get him on board was to have him in the kitchen with me and to have, take him to the grocery store like once a month and let yep. him kind of pick out his own I couldn't take him all the time because he would bust my budget like every time but, <laughs> <laughs> but I would take him to the grocery store like once a month and we would like go through the produce department and he would pick out something that he wanted to try and then we would like mm -hmm. google and figure out how to cook it and do things like that and made such a huge difference. So I'm glad you said that because it's like the exposure and the consistency is like so important. It is. And that's what, and even, you know, I don't want to harp on breastfeeding. I mean, I'm a lactation consultant, so I always try to bring it in, but it's, <laughs> it's the same thing when you're introducing complementary foods, like your baby at six months old is not going to love peas. Like every baby at six months old is not going to love peas. That doesn't mean that they're never going to love them. It's just at that point, like their palate isn't all figured out. You know, like even at five, even me being an adult, there are some things that I haven't tried. Like my palate isn't all figured out. So we have to also be patient with them and again, allow them to grow into the process. Like let them try it. They don't like it. OK, don't force it on them because I'm all about, you know, making healthy relationships with food, because if I'm forced to eat this then I'm never going to try it again. Or, you know, I'm, I'm going to develop this negative relationship with food because I was always forced to eat these things rather than exploring them for myself. Yep. That's so good. Thank you for that. Yep. What about your teenager? So what is that like? So, <laughs> She's 17. Is she really close to 18 now or she just turned 17? She will be 18 in September. Oh, so September she, like me. Okay. Yes. Yep. She, so for her, um, it was, it, it was a challenge because again, she's already kind of set in her ways mm -hmm. at 14, 15. Um, so I did a lot of, um, trying to take what we were already eating and making it vegan. So I did buy the beyond meats. I bought the, you know, the chicken, um, crumbles I bought, you know, or whatever. I bought those things and tried them and had her cook them and had her see me cook them kind of the same thing, just from a different perspective. And so when she got to taste it and flavor it and season it for herself, she grew into liking it like tempeh. She loves tempeh bacon. Ooh, and I was like, Oh, I didn't think And she's a texture person. Again, this is just a difference because she wasn't in the kitchen when myself or my mom were cooking, you know, it was just a different world that she grew up in. So now being older, having, you know, being getting her in the kitchen now and exposing her to things um, has been helpful, but she didn't, you know, she didn't get the five-year-old start like the boys did. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, with her being a texture person and, you know, she eats all of her food separate, which drives me crazy. I'm like, just mix it all together. She's like, I don't want my food to touch. Because I don't want, you know how you go to the cookout and everybody piles up the food? Yes. I cannot do that. That is me. I love like mixed, girl, it oh, drives man. me insane with her plate separate. But I've learned that's her. That's her thing. Um, but it was that. It was, you know, okay, let me try this tempeh bacon and marinate it in maple syrup and the coconut aminos and do this and do that. And she just grew to love it. And so I just, again, just tried to take things like, okay, 
okay, she really likes this. How can we veganize it and let me show her how to do it? And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't particularly easy, but now, you know, she's to the point where she'll eat my lentils. Like I made lentil tacos last night and she was like, Oh mommy, these are good. I'm like, yeah, see, you know, it's just, it's, it's just been a little bit of a slower process, but I'm, she's grown a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You make a really, 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 really strong point about veganizing your favorite dishes because I know one of the things that used to make me so nervous about veganism and sharing my journey was the fact that online people were so against like beyond me and a lot of these mm -hmm. products. And mm -hmm. I'm like, there's no way in hell that I would have been able to transition without them though. Like as exactly. a family, there's no way that my family exactly. would have been down for this change if I didn't nope. have ways to veganize it. And I feel like sometimes the information online is from the perspective of people who are single and that's cool. You can make those decisions when it's just you, but when you're right. trying to do it as a family, those products really do make a difference because um, we would have never gotten this far because they wouldn't even have been open minded enough to try like a vegetable bowl or Buddha bowl or something. Absolutely not. They would have Absolutely never. Not. Yeah, you gotta Absolutely be. It's okay not. to start there. And honestly, I still use some of those products and I yep. will always probably use them, especially with a family because they're convenient um, it plays into what you said about the texture and also it just, it feels really familiar and they're not as resistant about it. So, yeah. Exactly. So exactly. glad you said that. Exactly. And now, you know, I haven't, I haven't had, I haven't bought any Beyond Me crumbles in a few weeks, but there's no reason why I can't go buy them this weekend or next week. Like I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to use them or, you know, we host a lot of family functions. I, I We host like a Christmas Eve brunch. We don't really celebrate Christmas, but we have a brunch like the day before where all the family can get together or just having cookouts. Everybody, I realize all my friends and family aren't vegan. So, but if I can expose them to like, oh, maybe instead of buying beef, you can buy Beyond Meat Crumbles. And most of my family likes them. They're like, oh, this is good. Like, that's how I got my mom to transition to be more plant-based. Nice. She's about 98-ish percent plant-based. Nice. But it was, you know, I made the field roll sausages. She loved it. She oh, went and bought My them. favorite. <laughs> Girl. Yes. yes. And I just showed her like, mom, you can still have your sausage and fried potatoes if that's what you want, but use this sausage instead. Yeah. He has just, you know... She has even seen a transformation in herself. She's off her blood pressure medicine. She's not, she's no longer pre-diabetic. And it's like, I, you know, exposing her to these things. And now she, again, now she's to the point where she's like, okay, I can eat yeah. this and I can eat that. And I don't have to have Beyond Meat every week. You know, it's just, you have to find, get people where they are and then help them along the way. I feel like this is way better than the way we were eating before. It's way better than it's hitting the drive through on the way home. Because that's what I used to do a lot before I was vegan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I have, it's me, a husband, and four children. Like, there's, what do you mean? Like, just give them chickpeas. Like, no. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Especially if you come from, a, if you have a family situation in which you didn't even give your kids chickpeas before. It's like, yeah, uh, what is this not? That's, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Speaking of husbands, that's why I wanted you on the show because I wanted you to talk about your experience yes. with transitioning with your husband. So yes. I wanted to know, like, what did that look like? What did your husband say about all of this? Yes. So he, again, I kind of have an advantage because he was kind of vegetarian-ish um, off and on for a couple of years. He would only maybe socially, like if he got together with a friend, maybe get like some chicken wings, but that was like maybe once a quarter, if that. So he was already heavy into um, eating lots of vegetables and things like that. His biggest feat, like my cheese, his biggest thing was eggs. When I tell you like three to four eggs a day, scramble, I mean, just eggs on top of eggs. So when I was telling him, you know, what I was going to do for Lent and all of that, he was like, okay. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. Sounds great. But what um, does that have to do so, with me? Hopefully it doesn't have anything to do with me. <laughs> anything. We were buying eggs. And so I was like, okay, you know, I'll try to compromise. And so I stopped buying eggs at the store and I found someone who had eggs. They had their own, you know, hens and chickens and whatever. So I was like, okay, maybe if I spend $6 a dozen <laughs> or whatever for these eggs, you know, they're better. They're raised. Blah, 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 blah. I tried to, you know, justify it in my brain. Like, well, they're better you know blah 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 so I would like after my 40 days or kind of during my 40 days if you know of course I'm researching all along like how am I gonna you know fulfill this and how am I gonna do this and so I would find things about eggs and I would just send them a link <laughs> in an email or I would send them a link in a text message and he'd be like whatever um, <laughs> that's not true this is not so eventually he started researching for himself and so the more he researched and saw a couple of videos, there was one video in particular, I can't remember the name of the video, but it actually showed like what, like the process and just all about eggs. And from that day on, he was like, I, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Like, like so he kind of, yeah. yeah. So he understood what I was saying and I was giving him information, but when he found information for himself and realized where eggs were coming from, <laughs> what they actually were, mm -hmm. it made the connection in his brain. He was like, yep, nope, I'm done. Wow. And so ever since he hasn't touched one since. How does he, how did he replace his eggs though? Because I noticed that's a lot of people's concerns. They're like, mm -hmm. I can't, I can go vegan, but what about my breakfast? Like, what mm -hmm. am I going to eat? So what does he, what did he do to replace his eggs if he decided to do that? So in the beginning, because I'm the main cook and I pretty much have to make it happen. So yeah, in the yeah, beginning, yeah. I bought lots of, Hemp food. So I was trying not to buy lots of tofu, but I would buy the hemp food, the tofu made of hemp. And so I would make that and, you know, cut it up and scramble it up and, um, you know, put the turmeric on it and, do you know, try to make it look yellow and all of that. So I did that for a little while and then just tried to make, I mean, just tried to give him different options and make his smoothies more dense or just try to, you know, just talk to him more and, and make his food for him more so he could realize like you really don't need it. Like it was just something that you liked, but it's not something that you needed. Um, now to the point where, I mean, we don't even, I don't even buy it anymore. Like I think we had a scramble. I did buy tofu like a couple weeks ago. He mm -hmm. made a scramble, but he doesn't even really desire it anymore. That's good. Yeah. It's like sure. habit for a lot of us. It's just like, oh, we grew up eating eggs. This is what, this exactly. is what it is. Yeah. And he played football, you know, in college. And so, you know, being a certain weight and whatever, like that was how he got, you know, a good amount of his protein and all of that, from, you know, from what he thought was eating eggs. And when I say eating three to four, whatever eggs a day, like that's what he did in order to, you know, keep his shape and keep in, keep his bulk for him to play football in college. So the, again, it was his habit. He did that for four years. So when he got out of college and then, you know, met me, you know, a few years after that, and then, you know, some years after that, we started transition, like, He'd been doing this for, you know, eight, nine years. And so it was, it, it is, it was a, ha it was a hard habit to break. But once he realized for himself what he was doing to him, to his body, then he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm done. So what about protein? Because you mentioned, of course, we were, of course, we're talking about eggs and like mm -hmm. him being an athlete. Mm -hmm. Was he concerned about that? Because I know sometimes people mm -hmm. say, okay, now I hate, I know as vegans, we hate that daggone question. <laughs> <laughs> but did he have a concern about that that you can recall? He did a little bit. Um, he is very much an information seeker. And so I am too, but to the point where I can read a couple of things and be like, oh, okay. But he needs to read like 30 different things <laughs> to wow. be okay with it. So um, it took a lot of me, again, just 
sitting down with him and, you know, us watching some different documentaries or watching different video clips and just, you know, really teaching him about, you know, the, the, the benefit of chia seeds and hemp hearts and how much protein are in those. If you use, you know, you can't just use a teaspoon, you need to use, you know, three tablespoons and putting those in your smoothies and how, so it took, you know, sometimes to just kind of educate him on the benefit of other ways to find protein besides eggs or chicken wings or whatever. And I think once he started to realize that, once he started to realize like, oh yeah, the broccoli that we buy, you know, if you look on the back of the bag, like sometimes we buy the organic florets or whatever. Yeah. If you look on the back of the bag and it says, if you eat a cup or whatever of this, you get this amount of protein, you know, it was, it took that for him to be like, oh, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. I'm so used to eating like a side, like maybe a fourth of a cup. But if I double that and make it this amount, then I can get X amount of grams of protein. So it just took it took some coaching and just, you know, helping him to understand it. And um, yeah, now it's not an issue. Yeah, that's good. Did your husband, did he have any concerns about being hungry? I wouldn't say he was a heavy meat and potatoes. He just liked feeling satisfied. Like it didn't have to be... He wasn't a big steak eater. Yeah, he just really wasn't big on that. He just wanted to feel full, I think was his thing. And so a little bit in the beginning, it was kind of, how am I going to feel full? And again, it was more coaching him to say, you don't want to feel full and tired. You want to feel satisfied because feeling full, you're expanding your stomach too much. You know, so it took a lot of me explaining that. And so once he felt like, okay, yeah, I'm good. I'm satisfied. Like, I don't need to eat this full plate if I'm really not hungry. I'm just eating it because it's in front of me. Okay. I feel like you shared in this, you gave us some tips, but do you have any other tips you want to give about getting a spouse to at least try some vegan meals a few times a week with you? One thing that I've done and I, people might say, well, that's sneaky, but I would say like, you know, go ahead and start, try to start dinner maybe before somebody comes home, use beyond meat crumbles and your spaghetti and just see, you know, season it the same, do things the same and just see how they like it. You don't have to, you know, just see how they like it and see what they say. Like, Oh, this is good, babe. You know, thanks for making spaghetti. Like, Oh, okay, cool. It's like, okay, check. I know I can use beyond meat. So I would say you maybe try that, but I would also say, just to like sit down and just kind of go over, like follow somebody's page on a YouTube channel or an Instagram, um, look up some things on Pinterest on, on online and kind of like what you did with the kids, like, babe, you know, if we have some time on the weekend, maybe the week is too busy. Let's try to make this together. Let's go shopping together and look at the labels together and just see like, if we eat this, we can get the same amount of protein by doing this. So I I think that is helpful because my husband and I try to make things like a team a lot. We Mm -hmm. try to use a lot of teamwork, you know, just from us being athletes. We're like, okay, we're, we're co-captains, we're team, we're going to work together. So try to do things together and look at those labels together and just sit down and say, okay, let's just try this maybe twice a week. Um, and just see how it goes and whether it's, you know, we shop together, but maybe the, the, the one spouse does all the cooking or you cook together, but I would say doing that. And I would just say, inf- I mean, look at the information that's out there, try to look at both sides of the information. So I always say that and just see what's, what kind of makes sense to you and, um, pull from there. I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's hard because you, you really have to kind of work together on it. You yeah. Can't. It is patience. Like sometimes I think people give up too soon. Yeah. Because I mean, we, if you eat a certain way your whole life, it is a lot of unlearning that has to go on. So a it's lot. not going to be an overnight thing. And I think that 
people are like, oh, my family's not interested because they, you know, rejected one meal. So yeah. I love your tip about spaghetti because I did exactly that when my kids <laughs> were little and my husband. I put the crumbles in the sauce. They didn't even like really notice. It was like, okay, we're going. Yeah. Like you said, okay, now I know this is something we can do. <laughs> we uh-huh. have one meal down. <laughs> yes. Listen, it was so, what's so funny is if he were to be down here and talking about it, like we ate so much rice and beans in the beginning. It was crazy because I didn't know what to do. Yeah, I was I was scared to buy tofu because I heard all you know. Don't eat soy. Don't ever eat soy. You're gonna die if you eat soy. Like, so I was scared. <laughs> I was scared to buy tofu. I I'd never had tempeh. I you know I didn't know what to do. But I was like, I really want to do this for our family. I think it would be better. So it was like rice and beans, rice and beans, rice and beans. And even he was like, babe, you know, I know you cook and I really love rice and beans, but like, we're going to have to do something else. So it kind of, (laughs) you know, it made me like, okay, Embryo, step outside your box, you know, look at some other things. And again, like we talked about, it's okay to buy field roast and beyond meat because transition, I've got to do something to feed my family. Yeah. And As so, you're learning, yeah. Exactly. Because I think, because who wants to make multiple meals? Because I know, and especially when you decide to become vegan for ethical reasons, you don't want to cook steak and things like Absolutely that anymore. Not. It's Absolutely. like, uh, we got to make something work. <laughs> Absolutely not, <laughs> you to, yeah. You have to find a, a middle ground. So yep. I, I think that's super, super important. Yep. So yeah, awesome. thank you so much, Ambriel, for being on the show. Uh, um, before we wrap up, let me know, let us know how we can reach you on social media and tell us about your website. Yeah, sure. So on Instagram, I am black underscore mama, M-A-M-A vegan, black underscore mama vegan. I post, try to post every single day um, what I'm eating, what my kids are eating, what I'm packing them for lunch. um, Because that's another big question that I get, like, what do your kids eat for lunch and how do they handle that? So I try to explain those things on there. Facebook is the same thing, black mama vegan. And then I have a website that has my blog on it. So some of my recipes are more spelled out. On my website, blackmamavegan.com. Again, it's M-A-M-A for the mama. And so you can subscribe to my website. You can see what's going on. I try to host workshops here locally in Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm at different festivals and things like that. So you can reach out to me via any of those. Yes, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It is such a pleasure and honor. I'm so thankful for you having me on. I hope this episode was helpful. Come over to my Instagram or Facebook page at Brown Vegan and let me know your thoughts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes to make it easy for other people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.